Hi and welcome back to Alpha. It's week eight, our final session together. We've been asking the big questions of life. And today we're going to ask perhaps the ultimate question. Is heaven real? What happens when we die? So far on the course we've covered a lot of ground. Who is Jesus? We've considered the historical evidence and the unique claims of Jesus. We've heard of the astonishing love of the Father sending his Son to save us. We've discovered that Christianity at its heart is an invitation to a relationship, not a religion. We asked why did Jesus die? The problem of sin and God's rescue plan, the cross the incredible love that Jesus has for each one of us, that he would give his life for us. And why his death is so powerful even today. How can I be sure of my faith? What does it mean to believe in Jesus? Who are we trusting in? Who are we believing? And is what we're trusting in able to hold us, to save us? We looked at the Bible that love letter from God, God's instruction manual, and how God guides us through it and in other ways too. We considered the problem of evil. Who is behind all the evil and suffering in our world and how has Jesus conquered it? And last week we considered the Holy Spirit. Who is he and what does he do and how can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? So today we ask that ultimate question, is heaven real? What happens when we die? I don't know if you've noticed this, but on many things that we buy, there are warnings on them. Practically everything carries some sort of warning. These are some examples that I've found. On a bag of peanuts, said warning contains nuts. On a Superman costume, Warning, this costume does not enable you to fly. On a nighttime sleep aid, warning, may cause drowsiness. On a baby's pushchair, warning, remove the child before folding. And on a microwave oven, warning, do not use for drying pets. Now these warnings are silly, they make us laugh but some other warnings we know have been really important and ones that we need to act upon immediately. We've all been aware in the current circumstances of the warnings of keeping social distance, of washing hands, of wearing face coverings. They're warnings to protect one another. I remember watching the news on the 13th of March, 1991, it was the occasion of one of the worst road accidents in the country's history. Ten people died and 25 were injured in a disaster on the M4. But it could have been so much worse had it not been for one man who was hailed later as a hero. He was called Alan Bateman. And he was involved in the crash but survived and he got out of his damaged car and ran down the central reservation, warning the oncoming vehicles of the danger ahead. Some heeded the warning and slowed down, but others took no notice at all, 
and drove headlong into the accident, into the danger. The Bible is God's love letter to us, but it also contains warnings as well. But his warnings always come in the midst of his love. John 3.16, that familiar verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Hebrews 9 verse 27 says, just as people are destined to die once and after that face judgment, so Jesus was sacrificed once to take away sins, but he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. In John 11 verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? In Romans 6 verse 23, the Apostle Paul writes, The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what happens when we die. 2020 has been a year like no other. We've been confronted with death. Every night on our news bulletins, there have been records of those who have died. Not just in our country, but around the world. And death for many has been a taboo subject for so long. We just don't like to think about it. Others are afraid, but we know it's the ultimate statistic. Bereavement and grief are the most poignant of human experiences. We all know that loss of a loved one, but the Bible tells us that we have hope beyond the grave. That although we grieve, we don't grieve like the rest of humanity that has no hope. In an average year, it's estimated three people die every second. That's 180 people every minute, 11,000 people every hour, 250,000 every day. Death is the ultimate statistic. Woody Allen famously said, I'm not afraid of death. I just don't want to be there when it happens. But in the light of the resurrection of Jesus, this is what the Apostle Paul said. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Thanks be to God. He gives us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. And Jesus is perfect love, and he frees us from the fear of death. Jesus, the one who came, the one who lived on this earth, the one who died and rose again, who has conquered death. So throughout the Alpha course, we've been doing something quite rare. We've been asking the big questions of life. Bernard Levin, a writer, once said, to put it bluntly, have I got the time to discover why I was born before I die? There is an obvious danger in leaving it too late. I guess we can all agree with him. 
I guess the big question as we come to the end of the Alpha course is this. Is it true? Is what we've been hearing true? The truth? C.S. Lewis wrote about the Christian faith and he said, if it is a lie, not true, then it has no importance whatsoever at all. If it is true, the truth, then it is infinitely important. But the one thing it cannot be is moderately important. I believe that the claims of Jesus Christ are so important that we mustn't ignore them, mustn't dismiss them, or delay over them. I'm a follower of Jesus because I believe with all my heart that Jesus is who he says he is. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I believe that he died for me. I believe that he rose from the dead. I believe that death has been conquered. And I'm not alone. We can sometimes think that the church is in decline, but today, well over two billion people around the world agree and profess the name of Jesus. And the church of Jesus is bigger and growing more rapidly than ever before in history. For example, just in China where the church suffers persecution, there are estimated between 80 and 100 million Christian believers, more than the whole of Western Europe. And even in the UK where the church has been in decline for many years, there are signs that the church are beginning to grow again. And I think Alpha has had a huge impact on that. It's because the gospel is good news. And people need to hear good news. The gospel about Jesus is the best news that we will ever hear. That God loves us so much that he wants us to spend eternity with him. And we don't have to earn it. We just have to receive it, to trust and believe. On the cross, Jesus died for our sins that we might be forgiven and that we might have that gift of eternal life. Now, of course, we can refuse God's gift. We can refuse uh, to believe in Jesus. We can ignore what Jesus has done for us. We can go our own way, but the Bible lovingly warns us that that is a dangerous path, that all of us will face judgment, but if we face it without Jesus, we stand on our own, on our own record, on our own actions, and we have discovered over the weeks that that is not enough. We need a savior. If I said to you that you could choose between heaven or hell for your eternal destiny, your eternal home, which would you choose? Well, put it like that, it's a no-brainer. But that's the choice the Bible says that we have. The Bible says that God wants everybody to be saved. He doesn't want anyone to perish, and he has made that possible in Jesus. And so he offers us this choice. Now, when it comes to life after death, many people get confused. Now, of course, there are many people who believe that nothing happens when you die, that that's it. 
Once you're dead, you're dead. The end, nothing more. Life is meaningless. There is nothing beyond. But I'd want to ask, why would you want to believe something like that when Jesus says there is something so more, much more wonderful that we can believe in? Others don't like to think about death too much, but have this faint hope that everything will be all right in the end. They talk about a better place or being at peace or being reunited with loved ones, but haven't thought through actually what that means and how we get there. Other religions have very definite views about what happens when we die. Some believe very clearly in heaven and hell, but the entrance is always performance-based. It needs to be earned. It's about what we do. Imagine those old-fashioned scales. Your good deeds would outweigh your bad deeds. And if they do, maybe, maybe, God will have mercy on you. But there's no assurance, no peace, no love in that. Some other religions believe in reincarnation, again based on what we do in our lives. Whether we've lived a good life, we might come back in a better state, or whether we've lived a bad life, we might come back in a worse state. And the cycle goes on. Again, performance-based. Have you noticed that religion always seems to make it about what we do? Christianity is unique. Because it says God has done something for us that we cannot save ourselves. And that in his love for us, he has come in himself, in Jesus, to rescue us. God loves us more than we will ever understand. He gave his life to forgive our sins and to give us that gift of eternal life. He wants us to spend eternity with him. But we have to ask the question, what has God saved us from? And for what is he saving us for? The Bible says that there will be a day of judgment. And judgment is necessary. God cannot just overlook sin. Evil has to be dealt with because he is holy, he is perfect. No sin will be allowed in the new heaven and the new earth. The Bible clearly talks about two eternal states, two eternal destinies, to be with God or without God. With God in heaven, without God in hell. Sin is the most expensive thing in the universe. If unforgiven, it separates us from God eternally. If forgiven, it's because Jesus died for us. It cost Jesus his very life. I'm often asked, how can a loving God send anyone to hell? And my reply is very simple, he doesn't. That's the whole reason Jesus came. God wants to rescue us. He is saving us from eternity without him. And that's why it's such an important decision to make. Anyone who finds themselves without God in eternity has made that choice themselves. 
is heaven real? What happens when we die? What does the Bible actually say? Well, the Bible story begins with creation and ends with a new creation. It begins in a garden and ends with a new city, the new Jerusalem. This sin-ruined creation of history will be remade, restored, recreated. And the perfect kingdom of God will be established on earth. A new heaven and a new earth. The New Testament vision of the future is not so much of us going up to heaven, but heaven coming down to a renewed and remade earth. Better by far. No sin allowed, no evil allowed. In the person of Jesus, God has come. Heaven has touched earth and lived among us. But when he comes again, he will come with the whole of heaven and be reunited with a renewed and recreated earth where there will be no more death or sickness or pain or suffering. The new heaven and the new earth will be beyond our current imagining, but it will be better by far. Think of the best things that we experience here on earth. Heaven will have so much more. So what happens when we die? The Bible says that those who have trusted in Jesus will be with Jesus where he is right now. When Jesus ascended from this earth, he ascended in a bodily form. And he is in that realm where he is right now. And that's where we will go when we die. Jesus told his disciples in John 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust God, trust in me. In my Father's house are many rooms and I'm going to prepare a place for you. When Jesus was crucified, he was crucified between two criminals. And one hurled insults at him, but the other turned to him in that last moment in faith. And Jesus said to that man, when he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom, Jesus said these amazing words, truly, you will be with me in paradise today. So when we die, we have this assurance that we will go to be with Jesus where he is. But the promise is more than that. He promises that he is coming again. There are over 300 references to the second coming of Jesus in the New Testament. And the second coming will be different from the first. The first, Jesus came in obscurity, born as a baby in Bethlehem, to bear our sins, to die for us. But when he comes again, he will come in glory. He will come as the king of heaven. The devil will be finally dealt with and assigned his eternal destiny. And all injustice will be put right. We all long for justice when we see it in our world, we can be sure that when Jesus comes, justice will be done. And the Bible says that he will wipe every tear from our eyes. Thomas More said, there will be no earthly sorrow that heaven cannot heal. 
The Apostle Paul says that each one of us will appear before Jesus to give an account of our lives. And that day will expose all the motives of our hearts and those hidden things will be brought to light. But we have this assurance that Jesus has paid for us. We have an advocate. And those who have received Christ will be welcomed into our eternal home. That's why it's so important to make this decision and not put it off. Who are we trusting in? What are we believing about what happens when we die? Jesus has the answer. And he encourages us to come follow him, not just in this life, but for all eternity. There will be those amazing words said to us, welcome home, good and faithful servant. The resurrection to eternal life will be a physical resurrection. We will be clothed with new bodies. And the only template we have for that is Jesus' resurrection body. When he rose from the dead, it was a body fit for heaven. And we will be like him. And heaven will be better by far. So you could say, as those who believe in Jesus, we believe in life after life after death. Because when we die, we will be with Jesus. But we will also return with him when he comes again. We'll be clothed in new, perfect, eternal bodies. The only imperfections, all the imperfections will be done away with. We will be ourselves, our true selves, recognisable. I will be Philip, but without all the bad bits, for I will be like Jesus. So as we come to the end of the Alpha course, I want to thank you again for journeying with us, but I want to offer an opportunity to take a step of faith. Who are we believing in? I would say that we can trust Jesus with our lives and with eternity. We have a choice to make. I love the Alpha Course because I've seen so many come to know Jesus through it, to know the love of God and have entered into a life-transforming personal relationship with God. And I believe that God knocks on the door of all of our lives. But it's only we that can let him in. Alpha also means just beginning. As we come to the end of the course, it's not the end, it's just the beginning, perhaps of a new walk with God. I hope that as you've done this Alpha course, if you've done it as a believer, that it's refreshed your faith. But if you've come asking big questions, I hope that some of what we've shared along this course has helped you in your understanding. But if you're with us and you want to take that step of faith by believing in Jesus, I'd just like to lead us in a prayer that you can repeat after me and take that step of faith. So let us pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much 
that you would give your one and only son to be my saviour. Lord Jesus, thank you that you came and died for me. I believe in you. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you are coming again. And Holy Spirit, I invite you into my life. Please come and make me new and help me to follow Jesus all the days of my life and into eternity. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for coming on the Alpha Course with us. If you have taken a step of faith as a result of the course, we would love to hear from you. Please do get in touch with us. Um, our details are all on our website so that we might be able to help you take the next steps. God bless you and thank you so much for listening.